Stranger Rangers. This is Fatina. This is Bree. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. All right. I feel like I'm really low, but I'm, I shouldn't be. Nope, you're good. Okay, let's see. You here. sound great, kid. Oh you sound God. great. All right. So for today's case, it's going to be, it feels like it's a short one because my notes are not too extensive on it. I okay. showed you it's, you know, would be maybe like two pages of notes, but I feel like there's just so much that we can talk about it that it might push it out to a solid amount of episode. Cool. Um, because there's a lot of, um, I guess, societal expectations that need mm. to be talked about and just different things, um, relationship issues. So this case, and I don't think we've discussed any cases from this place, comes from Knoxville, Tennessee. No, we have not talked have about anything not from Knoxville. Tennessee. Perfect. So this might be our first actual Tennessee case, at least for sure this year, um, cool. that we've talked about anything about Tennessee. So this is the case of Emma Walker. I thought you were going to say Emma Watson. <laughs> Emma Watson. No, no. So <laughs> Emma Walker. And... This is very sad. It's not gruesome in like the traditional sense of the word. Okay. Uh, but I do want to give a trigger warning that it does involve DV, domestic violence. Gotcha. So if that's something that you do not wish to listen to um, and you want to skip this week's episode, I just want to make sure that you're aware of that so it doesn't, um, you know, Always a good head. Regress up. anything. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So Emma Walker, um, she was your not typical because she was not typical by any sense of the word. She was very outgoing. Cool. But she was beautiful. She was uh she was on her cheer team. Mm-hmm. She made it to the varsity cheer team as a freshman when she went to Central High School in Knoxville, Tennessee. That's an accomplishment. Hell Any yeah. freshman making a varsity team right? is impressive. So she was 14 years old when she started high school. Yeah. Um, Young. And I think that's how old I was as well. If not, maybe 13. I think. Oh, anyway. Um, so she was 14 years old when she was a freshman at um, and make the cheer team. So with cheer, you know, that's a lot of dedication. A very sure. physical, very physical um, sport. Yeah. And she was very excited to have made the team. And she had very big aspirations in life. She wanted to, more than nothing, more than anything, become a neonatal nurse. She wanted to oh. work with babies. She had that nature about her that she wanted to that one that was her calling bless That's those what she women wanted to do she also loved to volunteer with the animal shelters so she spent a lot of her time there she was obviously with what i've told you so far she is a fucking amazing human right uh, yes she's athletic she's doing really well in school she had art she already knew what she wanted to do in life big heart um, yeah big heart and so she was great yeah right? she was quite literally the cheerleader i love her for everyone so while she was cheerleading um there was a star football player of course that caught her eye mm-hmm. and vice versa his name is riley gall he was a wide receiver uh very Athletic and, and good at his position, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, when they met, he was a junior, she was a freshman. Okay. 
And of course, um, with her being on cheer and him being on football, they kind of just developed into like the envious couple at school. You know, everyone was envious of them, just like the quintessential. It's like the peanut butter and jelly, the mashed potatoes and gravy of high school couples. (laughs) There was a, when they first met though, Riley did have a girlfriend and he did leave her to be or to pursue Emma. Mm, same but emma went or not emma uh riley was a church-going guy god-fearing type of guy um so he did it right he um he did he did want to keep his promises to the full extent gotcha um to the point where even though he got along well with emma's parents they really liked him at the beginning and everything he had promised his ex-girlfriend to take her to his junior prom. Okay. And he was planning on keeping that promise. And then he promised his senior prom to Riley. So. That's, or to Emma. Uh, sorry, to Emma. Yeah. To Emma. Well, that's that's nice of him. It's nice of him. Yeah. Because it would be hard, especially. I don't know exactly A man of his word. Went. But. Uh, you know, but if you're dating someone sort of seriously. Um, at least the parents took this as, well, why aren't you committed to our daughter? And why would you, you know, upset her like that? Because I don't think Emma was very fond of the idea of him taking another girl, essentially on a date. And it being his ex-girlfriend. And it's the ex-girlfriend. And And it's it's, high school. And it's prom. (laughs) And it's prom. It's not just like, oh, I'm taking her out for a dinner because I promised her and we got a gift card there together. No, you're going to prom. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. Especially in like Tennessee. I can, and him him being a football player, like. Sure. All eyes. It's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And what was what was Emma supposed to do? Just like either not go or go with someone else? Well, and as a freshman, depending on how their invitations were extended right. at her high school, like freshman, you don't go. get to go to prom Mm-mm. unless you get invited or right. asked by an upperclassman. Right. So, um, Nonetheless, their their relationship developed and they started, you know, dating more and more seriously. This junior uh, prom came and went, I think. They continued dating. So now she's a sophomore. They continued dating. But as their relationship went on, her friends started seeing toxic traits in Riley. Uh-oh. He was a little too possessive. Mm. He always wanted to know where she was at. It just started becoming more and more trauma in their relationship yeah they were very on and off at this point okay towards now going into her junior year and and him being out of high school and he's out of high school and with each breakup came more trauma sure and every breakup became more dramatic Mm -hmm. so when she would come off of work He would be there waiting for her or he would be there waiting for her throughout her entire shift at work. Mm. So it became a very toxic relationship. I I don't know if I can safely say very quickly. Right. It it progressed. But it progressed. It it kind of safely progressed. And and I I don't use safely in 
the terms of it being safe, but you know, it's like, right. it, it, it seems like it grew so slow and gradually that and it wasn't like, too. right. So it wasn't under wraps. Everyone noticed this about their relationship. He, like anyone who is verbally abusive and emotionally abusive mm-hmm. to their partner, he tried to isolate her right, and make himself the only person that she could call that she can count on. And her friends, her family, more specifically her mom and dad, started noticing these things. So at one point, they even took her phone away from her. Oh, wow. So they're trying to be really good parents. Sure, trying to intervene. You bet your ass I would have done the same thing towards my daughter. Yeah. So, you know, this all started when she was 14 and um, starting high school. So at this point, she's about 16, 17. Her junior year. Mm-hmm. Um. And he, of course, wanted to keep communicating with her. So he even bought her an iPod Touch, which... <laughs> okay, throwback. <laughs> throwback. Yeah. Because this is around 2015-ish era. Yeah. Um, he got her the iPod Touch so that she could connect to Wi-Fi and use one of the texting apps and right. continue communicating with her. For sure. In the fall of 2016, Riley started with a football scholarship at Marysville College. He, so he was a freshman now at college, mm-hmm. not too far away from their hometown of, of Knoxville. And Emma was starting her junior year of college. And her parents um, were trying to monitor her activity as best as possible. They even tried grounding her to see if that could keep her from oh, communicating no. with him. And it came, it all came, came to the pinnacle of Halloween of 2016. Okay. There was a big blowout where they broke it off again. And for a very brief moment in history for Emma, both her parents and her family all said that she was kind of getting back to normal. Right. She was going out with her friends again. She was partaking in family dinners again. She was talking with her family. She was doing things with her family. She was, you know, refocused on school and her cheer and volunteering again. So for a very brief moment in time, everyone saw a glimpse again of what normalcy looked like for Emma. Right. Oh, you breathe such a sigh of relief when yes. you start to see these traits come back into somebody regardless of whatever it is that's distracting them and leading them off track. Yeah. But, you know, with every breakup that they had, there was its up up and it had its ups and downs. Yeah. Um, So a little bit after Halloween on November 18th, Emma went to a hangout to a party with some friends. Okay. And she told a friend whose name was Zach while she was at the party, she's like, hey, come over. And, I, you know, I'm ad-libbing at this point. But mm-hmm. look at these texts that I'm getting. Mm. She starts getting very weird texts coming from a random number that she does not recognize that says, we have one of your loved ones. You need to comply with what we say or this person's going to get hurt. Oh, wow. Scary. Super Especially coming scary. from an unknown phone number. Like, how the hell do they have my phone number? She's a 16-year-old at this point. Right. Um, and it's a random number. It doesn't say who they have, so she doesn't know if it's mom, dad, one of her siblings. Sure. Um, so she answers back, like, I don't know who you are. Like, stop messaging me. And 
then suddenly gets a text saying that this person is now been ditched outside of their house, that they're no longer kidnapped out of the house that they're partying at. Oh, okay. Okay. So her friends and her go outside the house and it's Riley. Oh. They find Riley in a ditch outside the house and he's holding his head and saying he doesn't know how he got there, but he thinks he he was kidnapped. Okay, I was not expecting it to be Riley. No. So they didn't, that was weird. Yeah. They didn't call the police or anything. Uh huh. Riley just kind of got up, kind of shook it off, and was. I think at 16, you would just kind of brush that off as weird as it was. Um, And then later on that evening, Emma went to a friend's house to spend the night. The next day, her friend drove her home. No big deal. Mm -hmm. But on their way to Emma's house, they realized there was a man walking around her neighborhood that was all dressed in black. And Emma kind of noticed him. Her friend dropped her off. She was home alone at this point. Her parents, I'm assuming, were at work and whatnot. Right. And while she was home alone, this person, this seemingly a man, all dressed in black, started knocking on the doors And it scared the shit out of Emma. Yeah. Emma, not knowing what to do, she texted Riley asking him. She said, and apparently the text said something like, I still hate you, but I need your help right now. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you know, we're not getting back together, but I need you to come and save me right now. Which like makes sense to call your ex-boyfriend at this point. Um because he's this huge football player. Right. <laughs> so if you need some muscle, you're going to call your muscle. Mm-hmm. Right? Which I'll, I'll excuse that call. Sure. So she calls him and he comes over and then she calls her mom and dad, Jill and Mark. Jill comes over. She finds them talking in the front yard. And she obviously sees that Emma's very distraught about this man that's, man that's dressed in all black and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And... She's like, well, you can go now. <laughs> yeah. You can go. And they were, there was nothing else that came of that, of the man in black. Okay. Now, on Sunday, November 20th, so this was two days after right. that party, the day after the, the man in black, she called him again. And Riley? Yes. Emma okay. called Riley again and was for sure like, this time, this is it. We're broken up. This is Mm. it. He's back in Marysville at school. And it's reported that he called her back upwards of 40 times. Uh, That's a lot. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. So that happened. (laughs) (laughs) On the very early hours of Sunday, November 20th, so that that morning-ish Right. Dad wakes up. So Mark wakes up to what he what he recalls as like two doors being slammed shut. Okay. To sounds. He wakes up to sounds. He gets up. He walks around the house. He checks on his other kid's room. Sound asleep. He checks on Emma's room. Sound asleep. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, that was weird. Not like two doors being shut simultaneously, but two no. separate doors shutting. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Right. And he goes back to bed. At 6 a.m., the mom, Jill, wakes up to get everyone up for 
you know, she's going to work. Everyone's yeah. going to school. Oh, it's like, sorry, it's Sunday, but she gets everyone up. She's 6 a.m. She goes into Emma's room. And this is the most frightening thing that she would have ever seen. She mm. walked in. She tried to wake Emma up. She shook her foot. Like, wake up, Emma. She wouldn't wake up. She checked her for a pulse. There was no pulse. Oh, my gosh. There is a 911 call from Jill, and it is so heart-wrenching. She is yelling that Emma is not breathing. She is not responsive. Yeah. She needs help right away. The paramedics get there, and there is no pulse. She is DOA. Mm -hmm. She is completely... All the blood has left her face, and she is blue. Right. Oh, my gosh. She is laying in bed, and they see a little bit of blood and what they think is spit up on her pillow. Okay. So at the time, they think something... They don't know what yet. Right. But they think, did did she ingest something? What happened? Sure. And as the detectives are in the room they realize that there is a hole coming from behind where her head would have been from the wall in the direction of her bed. Mm. They go outside and they find two shell casings. Oh my God. Okay. And my mind was trying to figure out what does this hole look like? Okay. Sorry. A bullet hole. Gotcha. A bullet hole. And Come to find out, it was one of those bullets that struck her right behind her left ear. Wow. And it was instantaneously fatal. Yeah. Ugh. So that was the sound that dad Yes, heard. those two sounds, those two, like, door-shutting sounds, right. like, popping sounds, uh-huh. were gunshots, gunshots that dad had heard. Um, her reported time of death was around 2.30 to 3 a.m. Okay. So very early in the morning. Yeah. So who shot her? Right. Was this a random shooting? Sure. You know, because there there is some cases where, you know, where people shoot up in the air and it comes down through the roof and it has shot people. It right. shit happens. Exactly. That's not the case. The, the shot is parallel. Not uh-huh. parallel. Horizontal, coming in. Yes, it's yeah. coming in through horizontally the side of the house. Yeah, through the side of the house. So it's not coming down with like an uh, you know from an upward projection or anything like that. Right. So they start talking to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Seriously, right? she's laying in bed. There's no break in. It's just shots coming from outside of the house, and there's two shell casings outside. Mm-hmm. So. Who, okay, so who is the man in all black? Right. Right. Um, and who would have wanted to shoot her? The detectives start talking to everyone, all her friends. A name that keeps popping up is Riley. Yeah. Kind of figured. Of course it's Riley. Yeah. So they start looking into Riley. And it just so happened that the day before on November 19th, Riley, who lives with his grandpa, had reported his grandpa had reported his gun as mm. stolen. And then they start talking to two guy friends, Noah and Alex, 
who are Riley's friends and I guess mutual friends okay. between them, and her, uh, him and Emma. Sure. And they start <laughs> making, you know, things connect for the officers. Yeah. Like what is going on? So they bring in Riley to talk to him and they ask him, you know, where were you? Would you have done this? He's like, nope, I'm in Marysville at school. I'm like 20, 30 minutes away. I was in school that day or, you know, at school. And, of course, I don't have a gun, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And then he brings up this kidnapping story again. Right. So he starts telling the cops that he's just outside of his house and this these people come up and they push him in and they kidnap him for a couple of hours and they ask him, you know, who would be the last person that he wants to speak to? And he, of course, just thinks of Emma and Emma is going to be the last person that he talks to. And then all of a sudden they drop him off in front of this party. So <laughs> crock of bullshit. Okay, Riley. Right. And then he's trying to make these connections for the cops like, Oh, and then she called me about this man in black. And so it had to be whoever these people that were that would kidnap me and have a man stalking her house that would have harmed her. So going back to Noah and Alex, they, because they were like mutual friends, they wanted to help get justice for Emma. Uh huh. So they did something, which this is why I started looking into the story because I was like, Go them. This is great. Noah and Alex were all about helping and were more than willing to help the police by getting wired. Nice. And wearing cameras. Yeah. They also saved the text that Riley had sent them asking them if they knew how to get rid of fingerprints on a gun. (laughs) First of all. Okay. You wipe it. <laughs> yeah. Get a Lysol wipe. But who am I? Right? I don't know. Um, <laughs> you're, a friend. An, you're an idiot. Yeah. Um, and he asked them to delete those texts. They, of course, did not delete those texts. because. So like, he sent those texts about removing the fingerprints. And then he texts, please delete these texts. Yes. <laughs> okay. Like very smart Got it. that he is. Um. So what Noah and Alex do is that they start, they, they invite him over to his house, to their house, um, or one of their houses. Right. Let me start that over. So what Noah and Alex do is that they invite him over and they have everything set up. They're wearing the wires Mm -hmm. and it's not, it doesn't sound like it's a live connection to the police. So it's just being recorded. Gotcha. Um, and there's cameras as well. But they've set up a secret word with the police, like a go ahead and move on into the situation text. Okay. Um, I don't know what that secret word would have been, but I wish I knew. I'll <laughs> like, say it's pineapple. Bald eagle. Yeah. Just... <laughs> the eagle has landed. <laughs> yes. Um, but there is video footage of this interaction that they had with who they thought was their friend, but right. now no killed their other friend. Right. And... Riley goes on to confide in them. I have this gun. I need to go throw it in the river. Oh my god. I need to go throw it in the Tennessee River. They're never gonna find it. He's like, I have this plan. I'm gonna take the clip out. I'm gonna throw out bullet by bullet. I need to go over there. You guys are down to go with me, right? You guys are down to go with me. No. Nope. Well, they do. <laughs> right. Sure. Get, I'm, I'm sure they do. Yeah. They yeah. get in the car. They're going the entire way. 
um, driving up to the river. And I'm sure on the way is when they text the cops like, hey, this is where we're going. Right. Um, and as they pull up to like the, where the overlook would be for the river before he can get rid of this one piece of evidence that puts him at the scene, they the cops Pull roll in. They roll in. Oh my All gosh. All lights are blaring. Yes. He's like, what's going on? What's going on? You know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Um, in the trunk of the car, they also discover the black shoes, black duct tape, black sweatshirt, black pants, everything that he had so on. So that was Riley the whole time. Because he was the man in black. Yeah. So obviously, of course, as soon as he showed up to save the day with the man in black, the man in black disappeared. Of course <laughs> he did. it's the same person. Right. Um, so luckily those friends were in cahoots with the cops to try and get him for this murder. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he did talk to the police, this is very, very interesting. And it just um, added salt to the wound. When he was talking about Emma, he would never mention her by name. What did he call he her? He would say the girl. When the girl texted me, when the girl called me, when the girl called me out because of the man in the black, and the officer's like, who's the girl? Right. He's like, the girl you're saying died. No, no, no. What's her name? Right. We know you know who she is. It was her boyfriend of three years. Exactly. That could not bring himself to say her name. Wow. I wonder if that was from like guilt or him just trying to disassociate or, you know, disconnect from some aspect. I don't know. That's so weird. So to put it in perspective to how fast all of this moved from 48 hours from her body being discovered, Mm -hmm. he was already being charged with murder. That's so great. Because her friends were willing to help and were helping before he disposed of the gun. Right. And luckily he was an idiot enough to ask for help to dispose of the gun. Because had he just disposed of it himself... Although his name would have been mentioned, mm-hmm. they probably had nothing else to tie him to that scene. They would have only had the text, you know, Maybe. that came right. into the friends if they had turned those in. Right. You know, if he had not asked for help in that regard, right. again, you know, they wouldn't have been able to put him at the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was charged with first degree. He was found guilty of first degree murder. Um, which is carried an automatic life sentence. Wow. And he'll have the possibility of parole at in 51 years. Dang. Um, in May of 2021, he did seek a new trial, but the request was denied. And of course, they're appealing that. Um, so obviously with all of this, what he was doing was he kept trying to make situations where he could become the hero or the victim. Sure. So he, that he could rekindle whatever there was left of a relationship with yeah. Emma. So with the man in black, of course, he was trying to come through as the hero. Right. And with the kidnapping, he was trying to be the victim. So he was trying to get sympathy from her um, in whatever form that twisted form that sure. would be. He just wanted some connection it's so with her. Weird. Some, um, But of course... The telltale signs of an abuser. Absolutely. He just continued trying to get himself back in her life. It's me or no one else kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, and it's so weird that he was 
so very successful with the shots because they were blind shots. That's what I was thinking. I'm yeah. like, oh my God, like what are the odds? There's, there's a diagram of where her room was and where the bullets came in. Uh-huh. So her room is the it's in the corner of the house, closest to the street. Mm-hmm. And her bed is cradled in that corner. Right. I'm trying to see if I can like make you guys picture this. There's two bullet holes that came in. So if you're looking at the corner of a house mm-hmm. from the front, there's the right side and there's the front that's facing the front. Right. Um, her head's off to the right. Okay. Okay. And there's a bullet that's coming in from what would have been her left side or the front side of the house. Right. That didn't hit anything. Uh-huh. And there was one that came in from the side of the house by where her head is. Right. And it's weird because it's so low. It's where a bed would be. So it's yeah. not like he just shot randomly into the room. Uh-huh. He knew where he was shooting. Right. There's no window directly above or anything. So he kind of just blindly shot. Um, and his story, again, also his defense for that evening, and this is what the theory that the defense went with, was that because he was trying to come up with these scenarios of like being the hero and being the victim, he was more there to like scare her that night. And again, be called upon as the hero of the situation, and he accidentally discharged a weapon. Yeah, um, I'm sure that that's not what happened. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. And he obviously knew, like, the area where he was aiming, because I'm sure after them being having been together for about three years, he'd obviously been in her room. Yeah. Knew which way her head laid when yep. she laid in bed at night. I mean, it unfortunately is one hell of a shot yeah. after only firing two bullets, Yeah, you know, and to walk away after only firing two. Yeah. I mean, any more than that, you're definitely going to create a commotion. Right. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So he is sitting in prison now. Um, her family, of course, I mean... Devastation is not doesn't not even the right word. It right. devastates the whole life, but they are trying to use her name for good. Mm-hmm. The they dedicated they named a dog park in Aww. her honor. In her honor, that's sweet. And they also named a room in the neonatal wing in her honor. Oh, I know. So she gets to be kind of exactly where she wanted to be. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's really tender and that's really heartbreaking at the same time. Yeah. Crazy. All her cheer squad were honorary pallbearers at her funeral. Ugh. I know. Just uh, broke up an entire community and it's all because we haven't had much of many of these cases or covered many of these cases where, um, It's usually the woman that goes, like, I don't know. Maybe I can't even say that. A little cray-cray? A little crazy. Um, Because, I mean, I definitely know people in my life who've had ex-girlfriends who go crazy trying to get people back. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, Yeah. But on the flip side of that, I can say in my own personal experience, I, I mean, not anything that has escalated to this extent, but... I can think of two ex-boyfriends who not not walk not like walk the line of this, but definitely in 
the myths of trying to end a relationship were very persistent and showing up at my house and endless calls and endless texts. And, you know, it's, you hear stories like this. And then for me, you know, reflecting on my own personal experience, it's like, wow, you know, I mean, had they continued being persistent been a little bit, yeah, it could have ended really horribly. (laughs) So yeah, that's the case of Emma Walker. From Knoxville, Tennessee. That's crazy. Oh, really sad. And it is sad when it's someone that's that young because you do see the impact on a community and especially Mm -hmm. someone who's still in school and like really active in school. I mean, you can only imagine the turnout for someone's memorial service or funeral or whatever when when those situations do happen. I'll have to post some of the video of the, um, I guess undercover investigation or <laughs> that the, mm-hmm. that no one Alex did because they really kept her cool. I mean, honestly, that's really impressive for yeah. kids that are in high school Yeah, to be able to go along undercover well, like that. They might have been freshmen in college as well. Maybe? Okay. But young, but young, young nonetheless. I know. I wouldn't have been able to keep my cool. This guy, Riley, before he's like, oh, yeah, let's get in the car and go to the Tennessee River. He's like, hold on. Let me get a hot pocket first, though. I'm not even joking. Riley said that? Yeah. I hope you enjoy that. Hot and before pocket. they pulled up to the Tennessee River, they pulled up again through a drive-through and picked up more food. Like he had an appetite, and he was like, "If I was trying to get rid of evidence, I don't know that I'd be eating." You're like, I don't have time to eat right now. No. I need to make sure that I don't go to jail. I'll eat afterwards. No shit. Um, wow. Jeez. Well, little did he know that was going to be the last meal. Yeah. So, that he got before he got. Chow. And you got bread, water, and baked yep, beans. Yeah, chow. Yep, yep, exactly. All right. Well, that's <laughs> the case of Emma Walker. Um, and then if you are a Patreon, you're getting an extra episode this week. Yes, you are. Um, today, sh- you sh- if you're listening to this when it comes out, it should be Monday, but you should have an ep- episode out by Wednesday. So stick around for that. And yeah. if you're not a Patreon and you want to hear that, check us out on patreon.com. All right. We'll see you guys next week and don't be a stranger. Okay, bye. Bye.